chance on here. Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in. Christian Pulisic for Chelsea, 1-0! Quick thinking by Alisson, and if Salah could lift it, still Salah, Salah! The Ghost Goal Podcast. We're halfway through the Champions League round of 16. The Premier League drama continues in England. Arsenal and Burnley drew 1 1 at Turf Morris Crisswood, equalizing the score after Aubameyang's early goal. Leicester got a dramatic winner. Late against Brighton 2-1, they bounce back after dropping some points. Fulham handed Liverpool their sixth straight loss at home thanks to a goal from Lamina. Manchester United shocked the world, upsetting Manchester City and ending their winning run with goals from Bruno Fernandes and Luke Shaw. Tottenham bashed Crystal Palace. Could Tottenham be building up momentum or are they just beating down bad teams? On Monday Night Football, Chelsea won 2-0 over Everton, keeping Tuchel's impressive start in London going. And this afternoon, Manchester City bounced back, bashing Southampton 5-2 in a game where they didn't start a natural striker. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Andrew Pissarro alongside Alex Moss, Javier Arevalo, as Javier doesn't like me to say, how's everybody doing? Um, scale of 1-10, to 10, uh, 10 being the highest, like 1 being the lowest. It. I um, like variation. Liverpool Andrew. are going to win the Champions League. Level of confidence. Okay, you're definitely not winning anything this season. Are we talking about Arsenal? I mean, that makes sense. No, Arsenal could win some. Arsenal have better trophy aspirations this season than Liverpool. I think Arsenal could actually finish above Liverpool in the league. There's about three points separating yeah, you two right it's now. Yeah, it's not, that, now, it's not uh, that unreasonable. So We just played Fabinho in, center, in, in central midfield for the first time in, uh, since Virgil van Dijk went down. He was pretty fucking amazing, so... Uh, I, th- I think I'm not saying we fixed our problems, but that is today's game against Leipzig is the best they've looked in the year of 2021. So just watch out when we have a real midfield. T- it turns out we actually play better. We'll see how that goes in the the Premier League because you got you guys won two nil in the first leg too, and that didn't seem to uh, reflect itself in your Premier League form either. So no, it did not. Yeah, <laughs> but they look they look miles better today than than they have. So that was that was good. Um, it's not hard to do the way you guys have. Yeah, looked. it's fair. I mean, they weren't awful against Fulham, but they, they just uh, they were pretty bad. They were, they were bad. bad. Fulham, they were bad. Fulham deserved to win that game. I agree you with that. What? I need I need to give a shout out to your uh, guest you had on Plus Money last week. I'm yep. not sure if it was an official pick of his, but I definitely that was heard official him throw pick. Out. He put money on it. He wants he won seventy Fulham bucks on that. Yeah, plus eight hundred. He got it at plus and seven. It, it had dropped, but wow. yeah, he got it. at... A, yeah, I mean, I told him. I I even told him on the pod. I said, you know, Fulham double result the which I've given out against Tottenham twice, where he would have won if Fulham drew or won the game, and that was at plus two thirty two. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're fucking awful at Anfield right now, but the way things cha- came in the middle of the week, I'm definitely excited. I mean, they won with more injuries piling up. Roberto Firmino picking up a knock and not playing in that game, although I think Jota probably would have started. Uh, regardless, and um, I think I think to that was Tiago's probably best game in quite a while, maybe even since like the 
you know, the, the game against Chelsea when he came on in the second half and just absolutely like dictated pace of the game. He was fantastic today and he's looked awful. So uh, I, I don't know. I'm not going to say like we're back, but I'm curiously optimistic as we take on Wolves on Monday, Monday Night Football. So I have plenty of time to rest up before they have a road game, which we know that they're better at right now than playing at home. So we'll see. But uh, it could very well be uh, Liverpool finish as far away from I like Financially, Europa League is the smarter play because they'll still get like 20 million in like TV deal. But like I was reading something about this yesterday. There's a bunch of Premier League clubs who are trying to get the the league, they get the Premier League to push back the start of the league again because it's going to end in late May when it would normally end in early May. There's still going to be the Euros. There's still going to be the Olympics. So you really could be looking at another short summer. And if that's going to be the case, like I understand we're going to make money by the Europa League TV contract. I'd almost rather miss Europa League and have full weeks off to recover and not have another like really tight season of like wall-to-wall football because clearly that's done us a ton of favors this year. So I don't know. We'll 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 see what happens. So um, the the Dortmund team drop off was pretty huge. Um, I think Alex, you've mentioned that before. Where Klopp's previous team under Klopp, yeah, yeah, hit the drop off from like when they hit their peak and they got to a Champions League semifinal, they won the league. And then they got to the final, not the oh, semifinal. Final, they got yeah, to the final. Yeah, they got to the final. They won the league, and you know, then after that, they were like, you know, struggling to make Champions League, and and we're not nearly as good of a team. So it's possible that this team has burnout, but I think they're still relatively young, and there's a lot of young talent coming through. And they're still bringing in players. I think that they have a lot of dead weight now. Like players like Shakiri, players like Oxlade Chamberlain, players like uh, Origi, Origi. Ox. I mean, Harry these Wilson's players are on getting loan paid a lot of money He'll right go. now. These are supposed Marco to be starters. is on loan and played against Juventus for Porto. He'll go. Like there's, I like I can like, come I up with a list. Mina of like, Mino is quality enough to to be starting. No, but he'll like a they'll sell him at Liverpool. a profit. Yeah. They'll yeah. sell him. They bought him for seven and a half. They'll sell him for fifteen to twenty. Like so. based on what he's done at Southampton, whether he stays there or they sell him somewhere on the continent, well, like they'll historically, make historically Liverpool of you know the okay. Naby Keita was a huge miss. Oxford Chamberlain. I mean, they won a Champions League. They probably can't. Complain. Well, the other thing, the other thing too about Ox was that too injury much about, the, about buying him. He's uh, the, yes, they spent a lot of money on Ox, but the way he was playing prior to going down. And the season of the Champions League that they lost Real Madrid, he was fantastic. Like he was playing excellent football for us, and he has truly never come back from that knee injury which he suffered. I think that was against Roma in the Champions League. He's never been the same player, and like I'm, I'm very ready to move on from him. I think they're going to give Naby Keita one more year, is based on everything that I've read, and like he's definitely better in these. He's more suited for these European games than he is for you know maybe your Burnleys and your your. Uh, you know, um, I was gonna, Fulham. Yeah, you're Fulhams. I mean, I don't know if he even played in that game, but he he did. I, yeah. I think you should give Naby Keita another year. I mean, he's still relatively young, and he's very young. You guys and paid he's a had huge such amount a of money start, for him. They've had such he's had a, such a start start uh, start stop career yeah. at Liverpool, where it's we like still haven't he's seen never strong like 10, 10 games, 15 together. games no. together again. No, he hasn't. So, so. Can, can I just ask a question about uh, the the rotation that you saw in that Fulham game? Uh, it was pretty much everyone in the back line except for Robertson. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was big chunks of the midfield. 
You still had Salah in there. Um, talking about last week, Fulham need, or Liverpool needed to change things, at least at home at Anfield, to start getting results. But then when I saw the the rotation, I saw the lineup, and I just thought like that's too much rotation. Like, yeah, it just seemed like overkill uh, to me. And I'm I'm wondering now, is this something that we're going to see more going forward this season? Like, do you actually think Klopp is going to, when given the chance in Champions League weeks, uh, heavily rotate in Premier League games and focus on winning the Champions League? Basically, I think there's a chance of that, but also too, I mean. Tiago was in absolute dog shit form. He didn't deserve to start, especially if James Milner and Naby Keita are healthy. You need to sit him down. And same thing with Sadio Mane. He scored today for the first time, and I literally cannot remember the last time he scored a goal, which he did today in the Champions League. But he didn't deserve to start. And to some extent, the way I look at it is like, yes, is the quality of depth, is the form of the depth that we threw out there was it good enough to beat Fulham? No, but I think Klopp had to do it to kind of say to these guys, "Hey, you're I know like I know we're going through this bad run, but I'm not just going to put my head down and keep throwing out the same 11. Like I'm going to try to do something to make these guys step their effort level up and make them step up their performance." And like you know, they'd lost 5 straight at home. At that point, what's a 6 loss? Like you're not you know, you've got to show these guys that nothing is guaranteed, you know, and I, I think there's some level of that's kind of the way I read into it. And also, too, like I'm on, you know, FOTMOB right now, which I use for looking at lineups. And it says it's a 4-3-3. At times it was a 4-3-3. At times it was a 4-4-2 diamond, which I'm not going to. It didn't work, but I'm happy that he changed things up. I probably wouldn't have started Reese Williams um, and Nico Williams was getting exposed left and right. And I, I think there's a player in that kid, but he's like 19 years old and it's clear. He's not ready to deputize for Trent. Like he needs to go on loan to the championship and play for like a Swansea or I I think, I think Klopp's giving everyone kind of a chance from now to the end of the season. He's using this list end of the season to clear out and send the people over the summer on loan that need to go on loan and, you know, move on probably three or four Pretty big players get some money and then make a what couple do you qu- big What do you qualify as three or four big players, though? I think you move, like, I mean, Ox. That's, but he's not a big player. He's Shikiri. not a starter for us anymore. But those are not players a that get paid a lot of money. But not not really on Liverpool's wage structure. I mean, possibly even like Roberto Firmino. Firmino's, the, the Firmino's one. I don't think they're going to move on from him this summer. I think they're going to sign an out-and-out out number nine and kind of play him as a ten. And like move him back and let him be more the playmaker than being the guy who's leading that the charge. That may be very, on. very good. Yeah, that may be good if you get some some really fast, strong striker who could hold up the ball for you guys and then play combinations with him. But yeah, well, I mean, Liverpool have done have done. They've made good signings so far in the past. So I I I think that with what's happened so far this season, you can't be hard on them, especially considering they. They, they broke their duck. They you know won the Premier League and they've won the Champions League in the last two years. So you know they yeah, they, like, they can have the owners. Can, it doesn't matter if they have a, a a one kind of down season where you finish sixth or even seventh outside of Europa and whatever. I don't think the owners think have it, come out. I don't and think it's said, important. Like huh? Klopp's not going anywhere. Like they've said, we have the guy to get us through this. 
So I'm not I'm not concerned about Klopp. He already kind of came he already came out and said he doesn't want the Germany job, which was kind of the one thing that it's like that could have been the the seamless Jurgen's just going to take the Germany job at the end of the year, but I don't, you know, he just got this brand, they, you know, Klopp could have his, the Germany job whenever he wants in, in his career. Like as soon as he like leaves any place he wants, he can just be like, all right, I'll take the Germany job and Germany would hire him. So, I mean, but here's, here's some inside Liverpool baseball that I don't even know if you guys know, like they've been playing at the same training facility going back to Shankly until halfway through this year. Klopp, like the owners came to Klopp and said, what is important? How do we bring this club to the next level? And they put in this new state-of-the-art, like multi-million pound training facility. This was all like based on stuff that he's done. Like I, I understand like a lot of people, I, I think there's, it's more vocal, it's a vo- vocal minority of Liverpool fans who are like, Klopp should be fired, Klopp should be fired. And I think they're fucking idiots. Um, and you can quote me on that. Literally, use caps. Throw the Dan Snyder quote in there. All right. no, um, nobody, nobody like intelligent thinks that. All right, let's get score predictions. Right. What do we think about Wolves Liverpool? Oh, I'm sorry, Javier. Are you playing host of the show now? Yes, I'm. Uh, I am playing host. You know, that's me. I've, I've I've done it a couple times now. I'm pretty good at it. Uh yes. Uh, Liverpool traveled to. Wolves Monday at three o'clock. Liverpool have a very good record against Wolves in the Premier League. I'm not going to like go out here and be bold enough to say uh, Liverpool win this game. I think that they score in this game, um, but I, I think like a one-one draw is what I'm going to ride with. To be totally honest, because Wolves Wolves haven't been on. They've been drawing games left and right. Like I think I've capitalized on them drawing like their last two uh, two out of their last three games or something like that. So they're playing okay, but they're not playing great. So I'm not I mean, overly the scared not, of Wolves. The game's not at Anfield, so you guys should be fine. Exactly. I, I would even, it's not at Budapest, I'd, I'd though. 2-1 two, one Liverpool. I was going to say, I think I'm going to go 2-1 Liverpool as well. Yeah, I kind of feel like... I am cautious to take any game for Liverpool over 2.5 goals away, because it hadn't happened. Because you're away from Anfield. And no, because you go back and look at all of Liverpool's games. Like There hasn't been more than three goals in... Uh, you have to go back to the Leicester game in the middle of February, which was almost a month ago. It was the last time there were more than three goals in a game. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking back to like the, the West Ham game just before that. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, yes, you guys but this could be the Fabinho God effect. Good... Fabinho God. Uh, if Fabinho starts mm-hmm. in midfield, I think we're an absolute lock to, to win the game. I'll say that. So we'll see We'll see what Klopp does. I think, I think Nat Phillips is not necessarily a Premier League player, but he's coming into his own for the rest of the season. Um, let's step back here. Burnley drew Arsenal 1-1, Aubameyang in the 6th minute, Chris Wood in the 39th, Javier. All right. Top four is over. There's no, <laughs> no top four chances. Javier, or Andrew, I don't, know if you, I don't know if you listened last week, but uh, I, I, Javier kept, like, in our regular conversations, kept pull, uh, bringing up the idea of, the, oh, Arsenal's still in it for top four. And I was just like, all right, I need to put an end to this. So I, I backed him into a corner on the pod and said, if Arsenal drop points in this game, will you admit top four is not possible? And he, I got him to agree to it. And uh, lo and behold, it happened. I, I just would have kept going result by result for like the next however many weeks it took for you guys to drop points. But now you, you can no longer uh, get away from it. Top four is over for Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, it was always going to be a long shot, but... I think in the league it's going to be more just trying to get results with a lot of our bench players and are we really going to have to focus on Europa League? So 
I mean, this is like disappointing. Obviously, we only got we didn't even get a win against Burnley this season. You know, both games were we games we should have won, and we didn't. We got one point out of six against them. So you're not ever going to get top four if you get one point out of six against Burnley. So he started William again, which was painful to watch. I don't know why he keeps doing that. There has to be some crazy thing in his contract. I, it's just every time he plays. A piece of you dies. A piece of me dies. It's just like, why is this guy starting again? We, l- I thought he fair, learned his lesson. To be fair, I get that you like the usual uh, Willian sort of scapegoat uh, approach, but Pepe, did Pepe come on uh, and then miss those couple of chances? He did. He was the one who caught he my eye. The chances he missed in the second he half. He should have started. He would have had like a lot more momentum and scored a couple of... I think he would have like dominated. But he didn't start. And and Pepe was, we talked about it last week, he was the player of the game last week. He played super well, scored a, you know, a beautiful goal um, in that Wolves loss that we play, we had also earlier in the, in, in the month. And, yeah, I just, I think Arteta's squad selection was lacking here. And, like, like, he does this, he's been doing this a lot, I feel like, this season, where... There's players who on form deserve to be playing and they haven't. And it's it's mistakes that obviously he's a rookie coach still and he's gonna hopefully get better at that. Emil Smith Rose should be back is 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 like back in training, not like full training, but he might even play uh, like on the bench in this Olympiacos game tomorrow, so I think him being back in the squad is is a big boost because he's been an important player for us. But I think we're gonna focus on Europa and that's going to be where we we really need to to like blast our way into the the squad the selection just seemed weird where you guys didn't have a midweek game in the Premier League last week while well, I think Burnley did so you had the the full week's rest you didn't you don't have to play another game until uh you know this Thursday tomorrow with us and this Burnley game was Saturday early kickoff 7:30 a.m. I I just didn't see why he needed to rotate as much as he did it didn't seem like you guys were like forced from fixture congestion to do that uh, but yeah maybe maybe it's just an experience that he just underestimated and pretty uh, worried his, about his this opponent. Tottenham game too because that's what I was going to yeah. ask you would you rather win against Olympiacos if you knew that you were going to drop points to Tottenham or would you rather like draw with Olympiacos and beat Tottenham I would definitely much rather draw with Olympiacos and beat Tottenham because we always want to beat Tottenham, but um, and you guys haven't beaten them since 2018. Yes, we need to beat them. Is that true in the league? You haven't beaten them since 2018. Uh, I was just looking at the head-to-head. Hang on, let me confirm. The last time, the last two Premier League games have been Tottenham wins. The 2019, both games were draws. 2018, Tottenham beat them in the League Cup 2-0. But earlier in December. Arsenal beat them 4-2. So December of 2018 was the last time Arsenal beat Tottenham in a game 4-2 at the Emirates. Yeah, it's been a while. we got to beat them, you know? But they look back their, on track now. Yeah, they do look back on track. They're, they're banging in goals. Gareth Bale's killing it. I mean, uh, honestly, if we get a win at Olympiacos, I'll be pretty happy no matter what happens really against Tottenham. Because I don't think we're going to go anywhere in the league this season. So, you know, it, it's the one avenue that we have that we could still get Champions League and it's feasible because Tottenham and United are the teams left. So 
I mean, it, it, it's important because we, we probably are going to end up playing Tottenham at some point in the Europa League, and it could be a uh, a statement. God, I wish there were going to be fans to make for that. Here. Yeah, that would be that would be amazing. Just let them in the upper deck. You know what I mean? Like the last the last ten rows, just put fans all the way up and separate them. Like that's that's all I want. You know, I, how how could that not be safe? You know, I think it's going to be like two two Arsenal Tottenham. I don't think we're going to win, but. I think like the the whatever whoever plays is gonna show up. I think that whoever like even if it's like our, our rotation of like Lacazette, Willian, like Willian hates Tottenham, right? Like Willian having a go against Tottenham, it's not crazy. Lacazette too, you know. So like whoever, if we have Aubameyang starting uh, in Europa, and uh, Martinelli's gonna have to play a part in one of these two games. I really want to see what he can do because he's been kind of raring to go and hasn't hasn't gotten much game time in the last few weeks. So we we have the players fit right now, and I want to see you know Thomas Partey. He he has to have a big performance in these next couple of games because he hasn't gotten a good run of games in the side yet. So yeah, you know it's it's not a great time to be an Arsenal fan, but there's a lot of uh, talent and young players that are coming up. So. In the next couple of years, it could be could be better pickings. Yeah, all right, I'm going to give you an odds update for the North London Army. Arsenal are plus one fifty five. The draws at plus two forty. Tottenham at plus one seventy. All of the any one of those is a juicy pick, and that's that's straight up. Like that's not having to go both teams to score. Arsenal plus three eighty. Both teams to score. Tottenham plus four hundred. Both teams to score. Over three and a half goals at plus two twenty. Over two and a half is at minus one sixteen. It's a lot of good ones there. A lot of good ones. Are you just going neutral, Javier? Just saying draw. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Gareth two, two. Bale plus one ninety five. I know you're going to say Tottenham win, Alex. Come on, get it out of well, your no, system. I'm, I, I actually am rooting for you because now Tottenham are They're threatening you. you yes. Know, I don't know about threatening, but they're, they're they're working their way back into form. I need to see them actually beat a decent team before I start thinking that they're they're threatening us. Um, but we'll see about that. Uh, I'm interested to see what their lineup looks like against uh, Zagreb, I think it is, that they have yep. in Europa League on Thursday. Um, because Gareth Bale uh, had been playing a lot of those games uh, as well. I'm 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 interested to see if he's like if he's capable of yeah, playing. Yeah, Tottenham are five points then... behind you with the game in hand. They win their game in hand. They're two points. They're definitely threatening you right now. No, like I said, they need to beat someone decent because you know there's a lot of teams up uh, in and around there right now, and a lot of those teams still have to play each other. I think Tottenham still have to play Aston Villa. Like Aston Villa have Everton and Tottenham in two their two uh, games in hand. So those games will go a long way to, you know, deciding whether those games in hand mean much for any of those teams or whether the the, the gap just stays the same. Uh, if they beat Arsenal, then I'll start to get a little concerned. But you know, again, I, I need to wait until they beat an actually good team. All right, what's your uh, what's your score prediction? I'm gonna I'm gonna say one one. I think you guys take points off them, uh, and they're very frustrated by it. But yeah, Gareth Bale, Son, and especially the the relationship that Bale and Kane have uh, like sparked up recently that Kane and Son used to have, I think that's going to be too much for your defense for sure. I want this more than anything. Three two Tottenham. Except I should want three two three two three two Tottenham. Give me three two Tottenham because I'm probably going to take Tottenham money line. I'm you, you should want to draw. I should want the draw. I really should want the draw. 
that would be the most beneficial for me. But I, I love Sunday eleven thirty kickoff. That's just it's a perfect time for a game. If it you're is, East it, Coast I, in the States. The Sunday eleven thirty is pretty solid. I'm not it's pretty solid. Yet. Andrew, game, game Andrew, do you really, th- do you ever think that you were going to be, you know, playing right down in the mud with all the pigs at some point this season, looking at like Tottenham Arsenal yeah, and thinking remember, like, oh, we need this I result. Sh- I, I should have the second that Virgil went down. Like the second that Virgil went down, I was like, we're going to be fine. We still have Joe Gomez. We still have Matip. Like you guys kept up your like good form for a while still though. After we that. kept it up till Dece- until mid December, and then the wheels fell. Christmas came and wheels fell off. Like that's really where it went. Like. And that's coincidentally, like when Taylor's oldest time. Yeah, yeah. Jota came, Jota got injured. I mean, and that really killed the front three because there was no depth at all, like real depth up there at all after that. So, a um, couple other scores from Saturday: uh, Southampton bouncing back, finally getting a win, two nil over Sheffield. Aston Villa and Wolves drew nil nil, which I had, I had that for my picks. Brighton and Leicester. Fucking Leicester City, 87th minute. I had the draw at plus 210, <laughs> and I'm about to go 3 0 on the day. And 87th minute, Leicester absolutely just twisted the knife really hard in my back. So that, and like, they don't want to collapse. They don't want to collapse. They want to stay in that top four. And they needed that point. They really needed those points because that would have been, I think, three games in a row of them. Yeah, that was I think, huge losing. for them. That was huge so that was, for them. Or not winning, I guess. What I mean. Yeah, but big result for them. West Brom, Newcastle, nil-nil draw. Shocking that that game would end nil-nil. I wonder what odds you could have gotten that at because that's watching paint dry. And that brings us to the Manchester Derby where Manchester United getting a penalty in the opening 30 seconds. Bruno Fernandez obviously converting. And then Luke Shaw scoring a goal in the 50th minute. Luke Shaw, I know we've talked about him, but having a great season. Uh, probably his best for Manchester United. And um, I'm not going to say United kept the pressure on Manchester City for the title because at this point to me, you might as well just call Manchester City, you know, champions elect. But this is a massive result for Manchester United, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and them locking up most likely the second spot in the Premier League. I I think they're like, especially with Leicester's injuries, I think United have a very good shot. It locks up a top four spot. I don't know if it locks up second spot. I was gonna uh, say this. This was a huge. Yeah, this was a huge result for them. This kind of proved to to everyone, like, you know, they they've been having some draws recently. They hadn't been losing, but you know, in these big games, they've they've been able to either draw or win away from home, and then win a lot of the home ones, or or draw, but like just not lose in a lot of these big games. And for United, I'm impressed that they're. Bruno Fernandez, I don't think was like particularly good. He did have the penalty this game, but I did think Luke Shaw was fantastic defensively. United were really, really solid. Um, I thought that McGuire played well. I thought Juan Bissaka played really, really well. And uh, in the end, this team is even the 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 pivot of Fred and McTominay. You know, they they defensively they just. They were super solid and were able to defend in blocks of four and, and really close down Manchester City's attacks. City got really, really frustrated in this game against United, and they didn't create... Still created chances. They created, they some, created chances. some chances, yeah, but it, it wasn't like the their their keeper had to make an insane amount of saves either. There was a big Raheem Sterling miss uh, in the second half. I know he never scores against Man United, but he had the best chance he probably could hope for and uh, missed it. But yeah, you, you just have to tip your hat off to United's uh, defensive unit. And um, 
I did want to talk about the the whole Bruno Fernandez doesn't show up in big games narrative. Like, do you guys subscribe to that? Yes. Like, I know he didn't dominate the game against Manchester City, but no, I just think I, against I, I, against bigger teams, like they probably focus a lot more on him and are able to kind of keep him out of the game more. But I mean, he still shows up on set pieces and, and on penalty kicks, and he's a leader. Um, and it's not like he doesn't link up play. Like there were times where he put balls in for 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 Rashford that Rashford messed up, or for um, Daniel. Well, James. I agree with Javier. I agree with Javier. I think part of the narrative is the is some of the players that he's playing around. Yeah, to some extent. Like I think he's like, playing well, uh, but there's I think he's playing okay. Chances, but we don't see him like dominate. You know. What was that goal? But United, but United don't usually in these big games. They don't usually try to like impose themselves like on the ball that much. So I think it's part more to do with their approach against teams like Manchester City, where they just sort of like concede possession or playing defensively, and you know not try to not let their opposition just get in behind them. So the attacking players are automatically going to you know they're like passing in general like amount of touches they have on the ball those numbers are going to go down in, in these kinds of games and it's up to them to take the chances like when they come and they obviously Ole did ha- that Ole on uh, Solskjaer has more wins um, against head-to-head than, than Pep Guardiola. He, Pep Guardiola yeah, is a losing losing record that, that, against Solskjaer. That's why I said that uh, this Manchester United game was going to be the game uh, City slipped up in. I didn't pr- predict a win for Manchester United. I did two, uh, sorry, 2-2. Two, two. Uh, but Manchester City just didn't hold up their end of the bargain. So I, I still don't think they need to be like really worried or anything. That oh, no, they had City a, are totally fine. City are totally yeah. fine. They won today 5-2 against Gabriel Jesus might need to be a little worried. But yes. I, but uh, in general, City are going to easily win get the back title to the same year. system. Yeah. Like, with, like Foden was playing in that false nine spot again today against uh, Southampton, and it was, wasn't just him. It was like a rotating... Uh, sort of like fluid false nine, like uh, it had been in early on in that that winning streak that City had in the league. Uh, if, if they can get back to that and stop messing around with, you know, trying to get Aguero back uh, back into form and or pl- trying to play Jesus there, I, they they can they can probably go on another run to you know wrap up the Premier League title kind of early and then just keep their sights focused on. Uh, winning the Champions League because everyone knows that's really what they want to do. Yeah, um, no, I agree with you, Alex. And I'm they, very interested they, to, to they see do what you, City do in the transfer window this summer. Yeah, I, I mean, they play I'm they not. play Fulham this weekend. Don't get Holland, please. Um, if they get Holland, I mean, you might as well just yeah, they're probably gonna cancel get the league guys. for the next three years. Like, if they do get Holland, then yeah, let's have Liverpool join the Super League because we're never going to win the Premier League again. Like, they are, they are going to get him. Like, I feel like that's the only logical place where he could go because they could pay him like an obscene amount or, of money. Or, or, he, goes, or he could stay at Dortmund another year. Yeah, or he could go to Dortmund, stay at Dortmund for another year, and or because go to Real know, Madrid. You know, City, City are going to try to like move on, Jesus. And or Aguero, and then be like, "All right, well, we'll, we'll offer here's you three hundred fifty thousand a week to come play for us." Why would he go, you know, get paid seventy or eighty thousand, whatever he's getting paid at Dortmund, in, instead of going to he's get for paid? He's sure getting shit. more than that at Dortmund. Yeah, probably. I refuse to believe he's making like seventy or eighty thousand a week. Yeah, because he's young, and they don't offer young players insane amounts of money most of the time. The one thing that his agent is Mina Raiola who City don't have a great rep with, but 
His dad is a former Manchester City player. So he's also li- a former Leeds player. Are they in the running? No, but I don't. I, I you know. I, I, let's, I, let's I will. Be- I will say United though. They're a couple of players away from you know true title status, like being a title contender, because games like this show that. You know that defensively they've got a decent unit. They probably need another another really good center back. But who's this? City or United? United. United. Yeah, if they get another really good center back and they get uh, a, a, like another midfielder to to kind of help with the workload with Bruno, their front line is is pretty fantastic. You know they they keep Cavani for another year. This 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 team could be really really strong next season. You know, especially looking like like the the way that players like Shaw are coming into the team, and you could probably get a lot of money for Pogba and just buy, buy like us another superstar player. I don't think they could get someone like a Holland. I think inevitably City would be the only team in the league who could really get him. But is Earl, is he the first two hundred million dollar player? We already have Neymar. Not counting Neymar. Oh right, I kind of forgot about that one. So is he the second? Well, I mean, one? That, that that doesn't that doesn't really count because it was the uh, the that was a buyout. The yeah, the buyout clause in his contract was set for that much. Also, he, doesn't he Holland have like a seventy negotiate. or eighty million buyout clause or like something that's not I've, that high? I've seen that rumor, and everything that I've read says that it's just a rumor that there's a seventy to eighty million dollar buyout next year. Like, if I was in charge of the Bundesliga. The first thing that I would do is eliminate buyout clauses because it's why the league is getting walked by Bayern every single year. Is that yeah? They- but at the same time, like the players, some players like like Holland and Upamecano, obviously put in that buyout clause when he negotiated his uh, his contract extension last year. They basically put them in like as sort of like a wink wink agreement to the team they're signing for. Like I don't want to stay here long term. I'm planning on getting out of here. Don't block my way and let's make this as easy as possible for me to get sure, out of here. But do what so, they do in Italy where the buyout clause is higher inside of the na- inside of the league. Like I forgot who in Italy did that, but like they put a buyout clause in, but it was significantly cheaper if it was a team outside of your own league. And this is the problem with 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 Germany is that how many players have we seen just Bayern hit the buyout clause and bring them in, and their reign of terror in Germany continues. Juventus has done the exact same shit. Yeah, Juventus has done the same. No, no, they have, but that's what I'm saying. But they have, they have to pay a higher buyout clause because it's inside of the domestic Italian league. Shout out to Holland, who in 14 Champions League games has scored 20 goals, um, which is actually 10 games less than the previous record holder, who was Harry Kane. So it's just like the, I think he, he has like, more goals than like he shattered OG the record Ronaldo like it's in not the even... Champions League. Yeah, the what? Yeah, Ronaldo Nazario. He already passed him. Yeah, uh, he, Ronaldo didn't have that many, uh, you know, big Champions League moments. Wow, that's crazy. He had the hat trick against Manchester United. That's really the one that everybody thinks about. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Holland. He's uh, whoever gets him. You know he's going to be. I mean, he just has to stay fit. He's the type of player that let's let's hope that he never has like some horrible injury because you never want to see like that crazy pace that he has and that power ever go away. Well, I mean, the narrative was all over the internet today. It's the first Champions League since two thousand four, two thousand five that Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi are not playing in the in the quarterfinals, and everyone's like, "Well, it's Mbappe and and Holland's Holland's." 
tournament now. So I don't think passing of the torch. Yes, the passing of the torch. Like everyone was passing the torch on the internet for soccer Twitter today. That's all. It's all soccer Twitter. What today was passing the torch, passing the torch. We were talking about Manchester City, Manchester United. City get uh, another big win over Southampton today. De Bruyne. Um, Mares, Gunduan, Mares, De Bruyne, all getting on the score sheet they, again. They don't, and they could have scored another one. There was a lot of uh, discussion about whether or not Foden should have gotten a penalty in the first half, uh, but they bounced back. I'm not not really surprised by that. Manchester City play Fulham this weekend, which I would expect City to win handily. Fulham, Fulham though, have been in decent form, but I still don't think they'll be able to stop Manchester City. And that brings us to Manchester United. We're going to play West Ham in a pretty crucial game late afternoon on Sunday. It's the 2-15 game, the late kickoff. And this is a massive game for both sides, and United obviously have to play in the... In the they have a big clash against AC Milan in Europa League midweek. You can't use United in this matchup, Andrew. Come on, man. It's West Ham United versus That's Manchester true. United. That's true. <laughs> uh, my mistake. My mistake. I, I, I think Manchester United are going to... Oh, I don't know. Actually, West Ham have been really good, though, in these games. And I, but but are we, I don't think West Ham are allowed to use Lingard. their secret weapon. Yeah, Jesse, they can't use Lingard. Jesse Lingard line. can't play. Yeah, but they have they have Saeed Benrama. Like, it's not like he's, not, he's a bad replacement. No, but Lingard scored like three or four goals in five games for them. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be tough. I, I think uh, the Manchester United still would be viewed as the favorites. United are going to have to play a really good uh, lineup against AC Milan, though. I don't think they're going to be able to take that easy. I, I think Solskjaer will just do the thing where he, you know, just plays his strongest team in both games, and they probably look bad for a part of that West Ham game, maybe fall behind, but he makes a few substitutions like he did in the the first West Ham United game away from home and they they end up winning in the second half you're right that Ben Rama is not the worst replacement for Lingard but I just think that relationship that Lingard has with uh, notably why am I forgetting his name right now Paulo Fornells no the uh, the center forward Antonio yeah Mikhail Antonio him and him and Mikhail Antonio have a, a great understanding and relationship with each other that they just sort of like struck up out of nowhere. Uh, missing that is definitely going to hurt West Ham. Uh, they think they have enough to score once against Manchester United, but I think they eventually lose 2-1. I'm going to say 1-1. I think United get a little bit of a hangover here. And hey, I would love that. They want, I would love both. I would love, love these teams They're going to want to keep West Ham down, but West Ham are going to fight to the death here and, and not let Manchester United get a win. I think well, United, United, United be are draw, draw, draw in these types of games, and I, I, I kind of believe in Drawchester United here. Drawchester United. <laughs> Drawchester United. Well played. Well played. That's not even well played. That's so dumb. It's not dumb. Alex. It doesn't. It doesn't rhyme. <laughs> it's. But it works. It works. Um, West Ham, right. though, did get a, a 2-0 win over Leeds, which I had money on on Monday Night Football, not to brag. Um, and Chelsea getting a 2-0 victory over Everton. They'll have a clash. Who do you guys play this weekend? Why can I not see it? We're, we're, we're playing at Leeds Saturday at 7.30 a.m. Some fireworks to get your weekend started. Timo's yeah, trash. No up for that. Missed a bunch of fucking chances again. Timo is trash. I might put money on exact score Chelsea to win 2 0. Kai Havertz didn't score a goal. There should be, there should be, you don't think it would be more goals than that? No, I just feel like you guys are playing very well defensively. Yeah, no one scores on us right now. That's true. Exactly. 
Under two and a half goals at plus 108. Boom. That's a pick right there. You know, you heard it here first. If you're listening to the podcast before, I do the other podcast and the other video. So there you go. Giving them out for free. That, that's the pick. Yeah. I, I think earlier in the season, I, I picked I, like a 4 2 win for Chelsea kinda, and you won kinda, like 3 1. I kind of leads. I kind of feel like leads are going to pull something out of their bag right now. They're, they're, they're kind of do like one of these flip freak results that just. Kind of like nip you in the butt, you know? And Chelsea, they've been trotting along on their unbeaten run, thinking they're gods and shit. But Bielsa, <laughs> you know, at home, I think Leeds are going to come out here and win. I think Leeds are going to beat you guys. <laughs> break your run off, Alex. If Leeds say, were the one to break it up, uh, I think Timo Werner's going to miss a bunch of fucking iconic. chances. Yeah, I mean Patrick Bamfgod, he's gonna come back, haunt Chelsea. You know, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two one leads. <laughs> when was the last time someone scored two goals against us? It hasn't really happened, but leads are gone. When was the last time someone scored against us, Javier? Do you even remember? Scored against you? That would be Southampton, and that was without when we didn't have Andreas Christensen. So uh yeah, I I think I think we'll be fine. Leeds are Do you think you guys side. rotate even ahead score, of but I think, the I think Champions we win like 2-1 or 3-1. Leeds are due a big result. Leeds are due a big result. I don't think it happens here. They, they come up in these games, man. You, I don't know, in these derbies. Because this okay, is a derby. So this is like they hate Chelsea. I, also have to, I have to mention that Chelsea, I'm not sure if it will uh, happen in this Leeds game, but you, you may see it again in Atletico next week. They, uh, they trialed. Uh, or they finally got uh, trialed a lineup without Mason Mount because Mason Mount will be uh, suspended for that second leg of the Atletico game next week. So I'm sure Mason will start in this league game, but you're, you you saw Kai Havertz uh, basically take on Mason Mount's role except as a false nine uh, and not as a attacking midfielder. And he was excellent against Everton. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure if they'll play Mount alongside Havertz. There's endless possibilities with that front line now because Havertz just sort of presents a sort of uh, the the best comparison I'll go with is like Roberto Firmino type like playing of that role. That's like why I wanted him. You know, capable of you know playing as the center forward and uh, I know he didn't score, but you know he had a hat trick of almost goals. You know he he uh, had the uh, cross that he deflected off of Ben Godfrey in for uh, an own goal to break the, the deadlock. Then he uh, chested a ball down. Yes, and yes, yes. Werner it was a, a handball and they called the, the ball and they, or they call, called the goal off. Uh, and then he won the penalty. So he was getting in the right positions. He was playing well you the, said the entire that, you game said against that Everton. for the last like two or three months now. Like, oh, he's been getting in good positions. Like, like, okay, I'm talking about Kai it, Havertz. About... Kai Havertz hasn't played the last two oh, or three months. Oh, well, he's, he's been out. <laughs> I'm saying that Timo Kai Werner. Havertz. No, no, I'm talking about Kai Havertz. Oh. Where, yeah, it's, <laughs> he, I think he could present himself as sort of the maybe the key to unlocking our offensive uh, issues at the moment because he, he can do everything. He can play across the line. You, it kind of throws off the whole defense's idea of who's playing where. Our whole attacking uh, formation becomes more fluid and less easy to track. Uh, yeah, Timo Werner missing blatant like point blank chances is an issue. Uh, but again, I, I think he has he's going to have plenty of opportunities to uh, get back on the score sheet and uh, playing alongside Kai Havertz and Mason Mount perhaps this weekend. He, I haven't even talked about he, Callum Hudson Odoi. Yeah, 
Kyle uh, Hudson Werner is Werner really to, good in that game that. against Everton. Yeah, I thought, we've got good problems at the moment. I thought Hudson Christian Pulisic was, can't was start a game the, for us right was now. Was one of the more positive. Yeah, Pulisic sucks right now, um, but I thought Cho really deserved his his game time and and just absolutely every time he started, he's shown up um, and played really really well under under Tuchel. So I think he's one one player to watch. But I think Leeds one of one of many. I think Leeds. I'm going to uh, go three Leeds one Chelsea for Leeds. I think Leeds do it. I'm going to stick with my 2-1 leads. You, you've presented absolutely nothing in terms of evidence that would uh, make me think that that's going to happen. But, you know. Bamfordino. Bamfordino. Bamfordino, yeah. He'll probably score. I said it in the first game that uh, absolutely make it a lock for Bamford to score. He did, and then we won anyway. So I'll stick with 3-1. All right. Well, that's pretty much everything. Let me look look here at the list of games this weekend. Leicester should beat Sheffield. Everton should beat Burnley. Palace should beat West Brom. Newcastle, Aston Villa, that might be dire, but let me take a look at the odds real quick. That's just for me, not for you guys. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. Champions League, we've got the second half of the round of 16 wrapping up next week, including the Chelsea game. We have a big um, game in Greece right now. This is going to be big. I mean, you guys Shut get up, our, no one cares. Tottenham have a yeah, big game it, in, in, I think, Go in, get knocked out by Olympiacos again. Manchester United, AC Milan, who, who do you guys like in that? I, I like Man United. Hey, AC Milan are good, but you know Premier League versus no, Syria. No, no love for Zlatan. Zlatan knocking out his own back team, and though? haunt Manchester United. I I don't think he's playing in the first leg. He may in the second, but he's uh, not going to be fit for the first leg. So without him, I, I don't get no love for your Milan Italy gods, chance. Alex. Aston Villa are plus one hundred right now against Newcastle. So live live me texting my bookie to get a bet in on that. While I still can get it as at plus money, but that should happen, right? Like. I mean, double check on Grealish. He's supposed to be back any any day now. I think. I but feel like regardless if he's back or not, Newcastle are just shit. Maybe, but they 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 pop up with frustrating results all the time. They could absolutely just draw one one or. And these have been with, the type of, res- of games that Aston Villa is just like lost, and you're just like, wait, why did they just lose that? Like when they lost against Sheffield the other week. I mean, those are just the type of games that, that Villa pop up with that randomly confuse the shit out of you and. I wouldn't be surprised if they get like a draw here. All right. Well, I already texted the bookie, so it's in. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Follow along on Twitter and Instagram at Ghost Gold Pod, Andrew Passaro at ASMOS92 at Javier Rev9. And until next week.